Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to another segment here on GEMS Podcast. I am the founder and host, Ms. Genesis Amaris Kemp, and with me today is a special guest that's in the hot seat, Kim Sorrell, and we will be unpacking the four-letter word in about 30 minutes, and she's going to tell us all the amazing things she has learned about the word. But before we go into it, I definitely want to give you some context on who my guest is today. Kim Sorrell is an entrepreneur, director of a nonprofit organization, breast cancer survivor, author, mother, grandmother, and a lover of all people. While working in in Haiti, she dedicated a full year to figure out the true meaning of love. A daunting, sometimes scary, sometimes funny tasks that she writes about in her book, Love Is. So without further ado, please welcome Kim Sorrell to GEMS Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Genesis. It's wonderful to be here. My pleasure, Kim. And before we dive in to love is and what you learned about the four letter word, I definitely want to give the audience a chance to connect with you in a fun and personal way. And you've done your research, so I'm sure you know what's next, right? Uh, Yes, I do. (laughs) So we can do an icebreaker or a rapid fire 10 question game. What are you in the mood for? Oh, gosh. Um, Rapid fire 10 question. Okie dokie. Here we go. We're playing rapid fire with Kim and Genesis. Do, 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 do. Question numero uno. If you could go anywhere in the world and money was no option, Kim, where would you be headed? To Israel. Question two. What is your favorite book or movie? Sound of Music. Ooh. Question three, favorite color? Purple. Question four, I could tell that you love organization just by looking at the bookshelf behind you because I love how it's color coordinated. So what's one organization hack you would like to share? Uh, Color coordination. I think that when you color coordinate, things look all the more organized. So question here, is your closet also color coordinated? 100%. Yes. Even my underwear is color coordinated in the drawer. Seriously? <laughs> yes. <laughs> question five, what's your favorite food and favorite dessert? Black licorice is my favorite food and favorite dessert all in one. <laughs> question six. Are you an animal lover? Yes. What do you, do you have any pets currently? I don't have any pets, but I grew up with dogs. I've always kind of had dogs, just haven't for the last few years. But yes, I love animals. Question seven. If you could have lunch or dinner with any person, past or present, who would it be and why? Oprah Winfrey, because she is my hero 
in a hundred different ways. Amazing. So many people are choosing Oprah these days. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't choose Oprah? My word. She's amazing. Question eight. If you could hop in a time machine, Kim, and give your younger self a piece of advice, what would it be? And here goes the time machine. It would be stop and smell the roses, that there's a lot more to life than work. And you don't have to work a million hours a week to accomplish what you need to accomplish. Mm, I love that. And roses just smell so delightful. And y'all, they're also good for using the stems for a nice soap or bubble bath. <laughs> nice. Great idea. Question nine. You get three random acts of kindness per day. What are you going to be your random acts today? My random acts today are... I have a friend coming to visit that I have not seen in a long time. And there's a book that I know she will love. And so I got it for her. Uh, I'm going to the store later and hopefully I'll find someone who needs help with something. I'll be on the lookout to see if anybody needs help with their groceries to the car or whatever it happens to be. And then my third act of kindness will be I'm picking up my granddaughter for my daughter. I'm picking up my granddaughter from her practice today. Oh, nice. So quality time with the G baby. Mm -hmm. Being on the lookout for someone that needs help at the grocery store. And then an act of kindness. So I guess a love language would be gifts, getting your friend a book that she'll love. That's amazing. <laughs> Question 10. It's our pass or play question. And here are the rules. If you pass, our roles are reversed and you get to ask me a question. If you choose to play, I ask you one last question to wrap up rapid fire. So do you wanna pass or play? Uh, I wanna ask you a question. Okie dokie, so we're passing to Genesis. Passing, yep. <laughs> okay, go. <laughs> Okay, who is the best guest you've ever had on your podcast and why? Oh, okay. So I've, I feel a little biased because I don't think I've had like a best guest yet because the guest that I would love to sit down with is no longer here. So it would be my dad because he passed two years ago from medical negligence. And before he passed, I was actually trying to get him to tell me his story of just growing up in South America and just coming to America at a young age. And I really just wanted to do a book with him and we never got to do it. But the cool thing was that he got to see my first book and hold it before he passed. And when he was in the hospital, he was like telling the nurses, my daughter wrote a book. You should get the book. And then he's like, honey, do you have any in your backpack? <laughs> so he was like from the hospital bed selling books to some of the nurses. <laughs> <laughs> your dad's amazing no wonder you're so amazing where in South America is your father from so he's from Curaçao so off the tip of Venezuela so part of the ABC island so Aruba, Bonaire and Curaçao and my mom is West Indian so she's Caribbean wow oh no wonder you're so beautiful Thank you. So yeah, I think that would be my best guess so far because we would just have so much chemistry and laugh. And I think I've had some other cool, amazing guests, but 
I think every person has something unique that they bring to the platform. So it's hard to choose the best. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that's true. (laughs) Yeah. So thank you, Kim, for playing Rapid Fire with Genesis. Now let's get into love. What's love got to do, got to do with it? (laughs) If you know the rest, you can sing it as we dive in. (laughs) So when you were away in Haiti, you said that's where you learned a lot about love. But in order to get to where you are now, how was it growing up as a child? Did you feel like you grew up in a loving environment? Did you feel like, love was there on all levels like mental love physical love emotional love and spiritual love do you feel like you had synergies there you know I do I I I had a great childhood although if you ask my brothers it's funny how people can grow up in the same household and have a whole different take of what happened in their youth right but in my mind I had a great childhood Uh, my mother was a a wonderful um, mother And my dad was a fabulous dad. And I grew up with friends around and playing kickball in the streets and just having a great time. I have friends, great friends still from childhood. And I, yes, felt loved all the time for sure. Yes. That's amazing. And it's funny that you say that because you mentioned growing up in the same household, everyone had their own perspective. So your brothers have a different perspective. Do you mind sharing in a glimpse from your perspective about theirs? What was different um, to them growing up with the same mom and dad? Well, my parents fought a lot. So my mom was a great mom, just not a great wife. And Uh, But she came to our everything, you know, every game we had, every play we were in, whatever we did, my mom was there. My mom was our biggest cheerleader. But my brother and my mom died uh, tragically when I was in my 20s. My mom took her own life and yeah, very difficult to live through and go through for sure. And uh, it stunted my brother's growth somehow just in that particular area. He's a very wise man, very successful businessman, but in his mind, he can't remember any good thing about my mom from growing up. And I can list hundreds of great things about my mom growing up. And, but for him, he just, he can't think of anything good. He just remembers them fighting. And that's, that's his view of our childhood. Wow. And thank you for sharing that. And um, I know as years go on, it's never easy, especially on the day when your parent passes away. Like, you know, whenever, like me, whenever I have my dad's birthday or something like that, some days I just feel angry because he didn't die of natural cause. He died of medical negligence. And then your mom died by um, suicide. And I have someone really close to me who's um, father took his own life. And then I have a friend who her brother took um, his own life after, you know, a relationship didn't work out. And it's like, what do you do in those instant incidents? And then to hear your brother say he doesn't remember anything good, it's kind of like heart wrenching and, you know, heartbreaking because sometimes people don't remember the quality time that they had with that person and that that person showed up. It's like, the negative like outweighs the good. And I feel like that happens sometimes with love, especially if you've been in a serious relationship with the person and a 
a person has done something that shook you at the core, you begin to accentuate that bad thing they did, but you forget all the other great things that they did. And I think that's so true whenever it comes to love, but how can we begin to love someone unconditionally with no strings attached? You know, when I decided to live a year of love, I did it because I had been diagnosed with cancer. And four months later, my husband was diagnosed with cancer and passed away six weeks after that. And I was in love with my husband. We had a great relationship and I was 47 years old and alone and so unexpectedly and, and to lose him. I mean, we were so close and uh, to lose him was, was devastating and it made me question love. And I just thought, well, shoot, what is love? I mean, it's not like you go to the bookstore and there's a manual or love for dummies, right? So we learn love from the people around us growing up, whatever we learn love throughout our lives. And not everything we learn about love really is love and not everything done in the name of love really is love. So love has been like this mystery, like people try to define it. There's books written about it. There, there, how many songs are written about love, right? But not all of it's necessarily accurate. So what really is love? So I decided I was going to be the one in the world to figure this out. I needed to figure this out for myself and I was going to be, I was going to do it. So I took a 2000 year old poem that you hear at a lot of weddings, probably maybe even your own wedding, my wedding, I'm sure. Love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, does not boast, right? You hear it so often, your eyes kind of glaze over. And, but I decided I would take this poem and I would take one word a month and figure out, well, what is love that is patient? What is love that is kind? And there are 14 is's and isn'ts of love in that poem. And so it took me a little longer than a year, but I got it done. And I found out, Genesis, that every single word, when you put love is or love is not in front of it, it totally changes the meaning that is written in the dictionary. Everything changes. And so it took me till the end of the month, every single month, focusing, focusing, focusing to really figure out what, what it is, what is love that is patient. And what I found out just changed my life. It rocked my world. It made me look at life entirely differently. It made me look at people differently. It changed my relationships with everybody. I think so often when we think of love, we think of a couple and we think of that kind of love. Well, it's not just about a couple. I mean, love is for everybody. And so if you love everybody, which I think is the greatest way to live, you know, to just not judge and let people be who they are. I think real love lets people be who, who they are without judgment, without putting them in a group, without saying, well, they are this or they are that, or that group of people believe this, or that group of people act this way. No, you know, we're all individuals. And no matter if you belong to some group or don't belong to some group, none of that matters. You're not a group, you're a person. You're, you're a person, you're an individual, and you're different than every other individual in the world. And when we allow people to be who they are without criticism, without trying to fix them, without judgment, it's, it's so freeing. It's freedom like no other freedom when, when you realize that your only job in this whole world, your only job is to love. All you have to do is love people. That's it. Just love people. 
I love everything that you said. And whenever you recited that poem, I was like, what poem is she talking about? And then whenever you started saying it, I was like, yes, you, we hear that poem so many, so many times, especially at weddings or at church. And one thing that I learned whenever I was going um, to seminary school, which I didn't finish because I was in a bad relationship with a narcissist at the time. And he just didn't value that. And then, you know, life happened. And then I met my now husband. Um, so one thing that they taught was agape love. And that's something I never knew. And I was like, what is agape love? So one per one person describes it as for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And from a mother's perspective, can you imagine if someone told you to lay down your child's life? So as a sacrifice, like what mother would do that? That's a hard thing to do. Because once you go through motherhood and you carry that baby nine months you feel the kicks the punches the somersaults and all of that they imagine someone says if you love your baby lay down your baby and you will be saved like I can't imagine doing that so whenever I see children being abused or mothers taking their newborn child and just you know doing harmful things to them it's like that's so ludicrous in my opinion, but you never know what someone is going through. Then it says agape love is unconcerned with the self and concerned with the greatest good of another. Agape love isn't just born out of emotions, feelings, familiarity, or, and this is the big kicker. I want to read this one um, if I can, and then we're going to jump back in because I want you to hold up the book. Um, so I want to say that again, because I think that it's so important. It says agape love, and this is taken from Christianity.com. Y'all, this is not to, to be religious or anything, because I do respect people's um, different viewpoints. But I'm going to definitely highlight this again, because I think it may help someone out there listening. So it says, what does agape love really mean? Agape is one of several Greek words for love. When the word agape is used in the Bible, it is referred to pure, willful, sacrificial love that intentionally desires another's higher good. So if you could put your good above someone else, that's agape love. When you could love someone just as you love yourself, that's agape love. And there's, and it goes on to say there's types of love. There's uh, storage eros which is a romantic love philia agape and then those are the four but i just want to ask you um kim since you've been on the quest for love have you heard of any of these types of love i have i have and i'll tell you i came from a place of of um yes there are different kinds of love like you you love people differently in that you know, with, with your, with your partner, it's this intimate love. It's a, it's a, it's a different kind of love, but yet it's love, you know, it is love, but different than the way you love your mom or the way you love your neighbor. Right. And so, yes, there, there, there are these different things, but one of the things that, that you read just before you read that about the different kinds of love was that love is not just a feeling and emotion. I believe that that's so true. You know, um, also not to get religious, but there are so many things from so many wonderful religious texts, not just the Bible, but other books as well, that there's such wisdom uh, that goes back through the ages, right? 
And uh, in the book of John, in the New Testament, in the Bible, it says that God is love. Well, if, if God is love and, you know, the same God, the Jewish God, the Muslim God, the, you know, Christian God, if God is love, then that means he, that it's something you can be. It doesn't say God loves, you know, it, it says he is love. So that means we can be love to each other. It's, so it's not like an emotion like fear or excitement, but it's something we can be. Love is something we can be. So all the loves listed, that's something you can be, something you can walk in. And, and when you do, life changes in big ways, all for the better. And it's, it's a, just a wonderful way to live. Absolutely. And it, and love is something that you can learn. It doesn't always happen overnight because it takes time to build a relationship. And as you're building a relationship, you're building a rapport and you get to know that person beyond the surface level and you grow to love that person. Like whenever you get married, the person that you married a year ago is not going to be the same five years ago. I mean, five years from now, 10 years from now, you have to continually walk through the journey with them and fall in love with them daily. Just like the love for a mother, like you mentioned, the love for a child, the love for a neighbor and et cetera. So whenever we think about love is, that's a statement. So you're putting a condition on what love is. So I want you to hold up your book and talk about love is. And um, as, I, as you're holding up the book, I see the cover is blue. Is that correct? Yes. So yep. blue, like whenever I see blue, it seems like it's calming. There's some spackles of pink, pink. Is it pink in there? Yeah, well, what it is actually is underneath the the shroud of blue is a picture from Haiti. It's a picture of a neighborhood with uh, that is built on a hill that has very colorful uh, painted homes, and so that's what it is. And uh, Port-au-Prince in um, Pitchinville is the name of the area, and so that's that's what it is—a picture from Haiti, and then the love is over over that so let's unpack that because for the audience who are watching the video as well as the audience that's listening they may be asking well Kim why did you choose this um this place in Haiti as the background cover with the blue over it and is it because you went on this discovery in Haiti or was there another reason behind it yeah well Haiti is is big in my heart I've, I've worked in Haiti for years and um, I, I love Haiti. It's a super tough country to live in with incredibly wonderful people who are trying to survive there every day. And this particular neighborhood is near um, a very, uh, one of the only wealthy areas in the entire country. And the people that live in this area uh, work for the wealthy. A lot of them are, you know, um, domestic workers or gardeners or whatever they happen to be and need to live within walking distance. And so uh, a few years ago, when there was an earthquake in Haiti, there was a lot of money poured into Haiti and they used some of the money to paint the houses in this neighborhood because it was an eyesore for the wealthy to drive by. And so they painted it and it, it's, it was beautiful. It's beautiful, but there's still one room houses with no running water and no electricity. There's still very tough places to live. There's still people living there that make a dollar a day 
and try to live on that. You know, there's still people that have a hard time supporting their families that have a hard time sending their kids to school because there's not enough schools, first of all. And secondly, it's not free, even though there might be free public education, you still have to have the right shoes. You still have to buy the books. You still have to pay for pencils, et cetera. If you don't have money for food, you don't have money for that stuff. And so it's sort of this, you know, okay, we think we're showing love by painting these buildings so beautifully, but that's really not what love is. Mm. Not love. And can you read the subtitle? It's a little hard for me to read it. Um, Sure. Yeah. Yep. It's a year long experiment of living out first Corinthians 13 love. And how, how important is first Corinthians 13 to you? Well, it's the love chapter, you know, they call, call that the love chapter in the, in the new Testament, in the Bible. And uh, I just think any thing that talks about love, the, when that poem was written, love is patient, love is kind, et cetera. Um, it was written because people were not living it. People were not living love. They, they didn't, they were acting as though they didn't know what love really was. And so uh, Paul was saying, wait a minute, people, this is what love is. This is how you need to live. Love is patient. It's kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. It doesn't easily anger all the things that are in, in that, what the statement that he made. And I think that we live in a world where we're in the same boat, that we've forgotten what love is that we, the, the things have tried to tell us what love is, that, you know, you go to a, a romantic comedy and, you know, the notebook or something, and you think all men should be just like Ryan Gosling, you know, whatever. And if he's not, then he's bad. Well, that's not true. You know, that's a movie. And, and we see other things in movies that, that aren't accurate. And yet we think they're love. And so love is so misportrayed in in our society and in our world and love is abused and used and thrown around like nothing when really it's the thing if all you have in the world is love you have life if the world were full of love we would live in a world with peace and joy and happiness and not that there's never hard times of course there are we're all human and uh, uh, is it hard to love some people? Absolutely, yes, it's hard to love some people. But there's this underlying love that if you just are love to people, you tend to get love back. You tend to get it in return. And you get treated differently along the way as well. And loving yourself, learning to love yourself too is such an important thing. I love that. And thank you for it for explaining that, um, Kim. And then I want to throw you an audible. So whenever you think about love, is there anything else you want to add to the conversation regarding love or how we, we as individuals could begin to work, work better on loving each other and most importantly, loving ourselves? Because if you love yourself, then you can extend that grace, that mercy, that compassion and empathy to really love somebody else. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Genesis. You hit it right on the nose. I I feel like this is this is how I feel. Yes, I have a book, and yes, I think people should buy it. I really do because I'm. It's not like I make a ton of money on every book. You know, my publisher makes money, but I'm passionate about the message, and I speak as well. So you know, if anybody ever needs a speaker at a, a seminar, a church of anything, anywhere, I I'm happy to go share. 
because of my passion. And uh, I, I believe I did everybody's homework for them. Like, like I did the homework on figuring out what love really is. And each chapter is different from the next. And so um, like uh, love is patient, the very first one out of the box, you know, I didn't know what is love. We know patient, right? We're not honking our horn when we're stuck in traffic, right? I mean, we know patience, but love that is patient, I figured out is so different than that. It's recognizing that you love the person you're with. I believe you're supposed to love everybody. And so you love the person you're with enough to realize this is the most important moment of your life. What's in the past is in the past. What's in the present is yet to come. And it's so easy to be in conversation and be thinking about that meeting you have later, or you got to stop at the store for groceries on the way home or whatever it happens to be. You got to run somebody somewhere and not be fully engaged. And you're stealing the moment. You're, you're, that moment is going to come and go with or without you. So to be fully engaged and really there 100% for the moment that you're with the person you're with it also opens your ears and your mind. And instead of thinking ahead about your rebuttal or assuming what they're gonna say, you really listen and you hear the words they actually say and then respond. And it's amazing what you can find out about people. It's amazing what you can find out about yourself. It's amazing when you figure out that you don't know everything, that other people have wonderful things to contribute to your life. And that's the way to live, you know, to live in the moment, to be present in the moment with whoever it is you're with. That is love that is patient. So each one of the 14 words is like that, like a big moment of, boy, life-changing, you know, things that you can do so easily. I love that. And thank you for adding that audible there, Kim. And I'm going to be respectful of your time, but I really want to read um, this stanza of this song. I'm not sure if you know it by Sarah Bareilles. And it's just two stanzas. And it says, I'm not going to write you a love song because you asked for it because you need one. You see, I'm not going to write you a love song because you tell me it's make or break in this. If you're on your way, I'm not going to write you to stay. If all you have is leaving, I need a better reason to write you a love song today, today. Yeah. And it, she says, I learned the hard way that they'll all say things you want to hear. My heavy heart sinks deep down under you and your twisted words. Your help just hurts. You're not what I thought you were. Hello to high and dry. Convince me to please you. Made me think that I need to. I'm just trying to let you hear me as I say. And it goes on to talk about why she's not going to write a love song because she she really needs that person to show her that they're worth loving and et cetera. I'm not sure if you've heard that song, um, Kim, but it, it was a popular song by Sarah Bareilles. And when you really listen, um, and that wasn't the first stanza, that was probably the, the, the second or third one down. Um, she really just goes in, goes into like just really talking about about love and etc so it's like we really have to be intentional with love you can't just 
give love because somebody says you need to give love. You need to know what's the reason behind giving love. How do you feel? How do you how do you notice it and etc because you said it opens up your mind it opens up your eyes and I would say it opens up your heart and I would add it opens up your soul so let's jump into the call to action Kim what is your call to action for the audience today well a couple things one is my book is available everywhere it's on Amazon it's on all online booksellers but it's also in brick and mortar stores like Barnes and Noble. And so love is, and it's available. My name, I'm literally the only Kim Sorrell in the world spelled my way because it has so many extra letters because there's two R's, two E's, two L's, S-O-R-R-E-L-L-E. I'm kimsorrell.com. And on my website, I have a free 14 day love challenge. And if you go to my website, kimsroll.com and sign up for the 14 day love challenge, I will send you for free a WWLD wristband. What would love do wristband? And I'd love for you to join in. I'd love for anyone to join in. That is amazing. And I like how you put WWL. So what is love? Because normally whenever I hear that, I was like, I had to think about that because normally it's like WWJD, what would Jesus do? So I like how you remixed it. And Kim, how else can they connect with you via your website? And do you primarily hang out on any social media platforms? I'm on all the social media platforms actually. And so I'm, I'm pretty visible. I'm out there and uh, you know, you can look for where I'm speaking next or whatever too. Um, but I, I get around and uh, love to talk to people anytime, love to connect with people, love to hear from people. Um, there's a lot of small groups right now that are doing my book as a, as like a, uh, doing it together, you know, challenging each other and learning about love together. There's um, families that are doing it together and uh, meeting on Zoom once a month with their adult children and doing a chapter a month. And there's churches that are, are, are pouring through it and working through it word by word. And so if there's ever a group of people doing it and they want to do a Zoom with me, I'm very open to that and uh, would be happy to connect any way that anyone would want to. It's a great Father's Day gift. It's a great Mother's Day gift. It's a great birthday gift. It's a great gift for a friend. And so people are buying them by the twos and threes and fours because it's a, a great book uh, for everybody, really. I love that. And then all your um, social media links are backlinked on your website, right? Yep, they sure are. Amazing. And Kim, I want to thank you so much for carving out time in your schedule to be here with myself and the audience today and sharing what love is and how you have grown to love and just really just opening up. So audience, all of Kim's contact information will be in the show notes. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. We're on 40 plus platforms. Share this with a friend who is struggling to find out what love is. And I challenge you to get the book and do the book as a book club with the people that you love and begin to see how each one of you has gathered some perspective from the book and then just build upon your love language, build upon how you love unconditionally and et cetera. And- and Genesis, just real quick, you know, we mentioned suicide earlier, and I just want to say, if anybody's in a dark place, reach reach out to somebody, but also know, you know, a lot of times people are in a dark place because they feel unlovable. They feel like nobody cares and nobody loves them, but 
I love you and I do care. And if you want to reach out to me, reach out to me and I would be happy to talk to you, but there's lots of places to reach out and, and you are valuable and wonderful and beautifully made and stick with us, stick with it. Things will get better. Yes, and thank you for adding that, um, Kim. And I also want to let y'all know that this video recording is on our YouTube channel. All you have to do is go to YouTube and type in GEMS, G-E-M-S, with Genesis Amaris Kim. And lastly, but not least, I want to thank each one of you for taking time out of your day and popping us in in your AirPods or AirPods or however you listen to us because of you we're now ranked in the top 2% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts and that's per www.listennotes.com for all the metrics there and I am definitely looking for brand sponsors if that is you head on head on over to genesisamarskemp.net and click on the podcast tab to find out how you could support the mission or send me a personalized email at genesisamarskemp at gmail.com until the next segment next guest peace love and lots of blessings have yourself an amazing day and remember you are loved you were created for a purpose on purpose and your light is meant to shine so illuminate your inner glow in dark seasons because those dark seasons are temporary they're not permanent and you are worth so much more so enjoy who you are love the life you live and live the life you love peace love and blessings thank you for listening to another segment of gems podcast hope you enjoyed this recording make sure you like comment share and subscribe to gems podcast on your audio platform as well as our youtube channel gems with genesis amaris kemp we would love for you to be a sponsor so please reach out via email at gems g-e-m-s with w-i-t-h genesis g-e-n-e-s-i-s amaris a-m-a-r-i-s kemp K-E-M-P at gmail.com where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.